Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Healthy Team, Healthy Business. Today we had a really fun friend and guest, Christine Kriz, come on and talk about all the different things that the Small Business Development Center, the SBDC, is able to offer here locally as well as uh, the different um, ones that are throughout the whole country. What I really thought uh, was interesting was uh, just the, all the different resources that they're able to cover from social media to finance um, to helping you um, with securing government contracts. So I think you'll find this um, episode very interesting, either if you're looking to start a business or if you have an ongoing business, in it, but maybe I've hit some snags. Uh, they're a great one-stop shop on helping you to kind of figure out where you need to go or um, referring you to one of their partner agencies that could maybe help you. So I think it's a great, fun episode. Yeah, I got a lot out of it also. I mean, we've used them just like you have in the past for um, different things for our business. I was really interested to hear that it's almost an even split, uh, their clientele between uh, pre-venture and existing operations. So it's kind of encouraging. It means that you know a lot of people are still coming to them that are that have been in business for a while, but they realize they need some, need some help because not everybody knows everything. Um, I thought that was very interesting and just the volume of work that they actually do is pretty amazing. Yeah. We talked about some after the recording, you know, how many clients that is per week and how many touches they have. It's really fascinating. And, uh, the team they have there is, um, is incredible with their own personal experience. So I think our listeners will get a lot out of this episode, um, as I hope they do with all of them and, um, and really enjoy our talk with Christine. So thank you for joining us for another episode of Healthy Team, Healthy Business. Today we have Christine Kriz with the Small Business Development Center at Laurel Ridge Community College. Thank you for joining us today, Christine. Thanks for having me. Most definitely. I think everyone's going to find this is going to be a, a fun episode uh, and kind of talk a little bit about how the Small Business Development Center can help your business uh, from inception uh, and even if you're a, a long-time business. So, Christine, would you share a little bit about yourself, maybe, and what the Small Business Development Center does? Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Christine Kriz, director of the Laurel Ridge Small Business Development Center. Our team exists to help people start, grow, or sell a small business. And so that means any business with under 100 employees and under $50 million in revenue. We are all small business owners ourselves or have owned small businesses and have educational training in business. And we can meet with you in person by Zoom, by phone. You can text, you can email, visit our website. And our program is paid for by the Small Business Administration, Lower Ridge Community College, and local economic development. So that means there's never any charge to meet with us. Um, and we talk about all areas of business that can be from, I have an idea on a napkin, David, and I think it's a great business to how do I do this loan application to, I have to fire an employee, or I don't know how to do social media, or what does Google analytics mean? Um, my family doesn't want my business. I want to sell it. How do I do that? So it's everything from conception to the sale of a business and in between. Gotcha. And on that help too, can you, is it just mainly for the owner of that business or is there other things that are for maybe their management team or other uh, ways to help them grow their leadership? 
Yeah, great question. So we can definitely be a mentor and a consultant for the small business owner. We also love to work with the staff, the the leadership, the managers. Um, if you have a marketing person, for example, and they need help learning TikTok, we can help you with that. <laughs> yeah, I know we've, uh, Signet has used uh, your services quite a few times from some marketing session help. Um, and then again, you guys were very instrumental in helping us during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic with uh, some of the forms we needed to get submitted. Uh, we were able to bounce a lot of ideas off of you guys as well as, again, supplying us with the correct forms that we needed to do, as well as um, some financial institutions that were still uh handing out or, or giving the funding out that was available. So I know you guys were have continued to be a lifesaver for us and a very valuable resource for our team. Thank so, you. Yeah. Um, what about if I have a friend who maybe owns a business in a different state? Is this a resource or something that's just particular to Winchester or Frederick County? That's a great question. So the SBA has SBDC, Small Business Development Centers, all over the United States. So if you have friends in another area, have them reach out to their local SBDC. They can Google SBDC in my area, and every state has a resource of small business development centers. Excellent. And um, is it only for businesses, or can nonprofits or other uh, entities also take advantage of your services? Great question. Um, so while we are able to answer basic questions about nonprofit, how do I set it up? Um, we can provide some guidelines. Our training is in the area of for-profit businesses and our SBA grant, uh, the direction of that is for-profit. So we're much more skilled in the area of for-profit. However, if you have a nonprofit and you have questions, we can answer basic questions and we can put you in contact with some folks in the area who have much more extensive knowledge than we do. So is that kind of, I know on your website, I spent some time um, just kind of perusing through there and maybe that then touches on, you guys have associate organizations or partner organizations as well that you could refer to in each area. Sure. Um, because as if you're a business owner, you know, there's a lot to know and no one entity can know everything. So you know, if you've got questions, reach out. The one thing that we're great about is in this community, we collaborate so well together. So your Chamber of Commerce, your Small Business Freedom Alliance, um, your Economic Development Associations, and just other business mentors. I, I think it's so important to have someone who's a little bit further ahead in business than you are to help mentor you as well. And we're happy to make those connections. What is the... Um since you have you're publicly funded more or less i imagine you do a lot of tracking of activity and just kind of curious like over a trend of five or however many 10 years or whatever what is the what's kind of the picture look like of the typical business that comes in to see you is there such a thing or could you lay that out sure so each year we see about four to 500 businesses a year on a regular basis. Um, and it varies a little bit, but typically 52% are in business and 48% um, want to start a new business. Now of those 48% that come into us, maybe 10 to 15% actually start their business. Well, I'm sure that's also really good then too for the economy and for the local area that those then 
what, 38% aren't starting the businesses and then going through that whole uh, very expensive and and, uh, so I guess that's also a really good uh, endorsement also that you can help those people wander through or decide, is this something I really want to do? Is there a phase in which or thing that they normally find that out? Is it through creating a business plan with your help that they determine that or... It is. And and usually it's the financial projections part of the business plan. It's the toughest part. And, you know, we want to make sure that if you're thinking about starting a business, that you have all of the data that you need, the market data research, that you've done the financial projections based off of that data and not just what your friends or relatives tell you. Um, and that you're going to make an informed decision. We also, you know, want to inform you about what it looks like with the upcoming economy and how that relates to your business. Um, and it's different for different localities. I mean, we serve um, seven counties um, in the city of Winchester. And so different businesses might fit different, you know, better in different areas, you know. So we really want you to make an informed decision. And Um, between us and your commercial lender, if you're going after a a bank loan, you know, our job is to make sure that you make an informed decision and that it's not going to harm you or the local economy um, in the future. How about um, what do you see as some of the more risky businesses that people try to get into? I'm just kind of picturing my head as a former banker. I can remember some of these like (laughs) restaurants or that kind of stuff seemed like the most risky. And I was always you know, my aunt so-and-so had a great recipe for whatever. I'm going to turn that into a business. Um, but I'm just curious what your experience has been that other ones that where you maybe talk people out of going down that road or uh, the lesser successful ones. Yeah. Um, the, you hit it right on the head. The restaurants are probably what, what I would say are the most risky because on average restaurants only make about two to 3% profit. And if you think about how, um, the consumer, you know, one week they love barbecue and the next week they don't, you know, so it's so hard for a restaurant owner to gauge, you know, how many people are going to come into the restaurant on any given weekend. You can't control the weather. You can't control what people like or don't like to eat. And it's hard to strategize and forecast. And so what happens is a lot of restaurant owners, not all, but a lot of them have cash flow problems because They order more inventory to be able to cook and sustain the crowd from last weekend, but then it rains or something happens and nobody comes in. So they have all this waste. So it's really, really hard. The other thing is, you know, if you don't have a good cash flow strategy going into a new business, it's going to be really difficult. Those are all interesting, different things that often are just, like you said, they're just not thought about. It's just my aunt had a great recipe. Right. So is there a process that you'll start with them on then? I mean, are you actually walking them through these these financial projections or are you just saying to go and maybe do these different things? I mean, it, so is it a hands-on approach, I guess, or is it a, hey, go find these different things out? Great question. So we're hands-on approach. So we want to make sure that if you're thinking of starting a business that you've got a viable product or service. So we're going to tell you um, on your end to go out and do some research, talk to people, see if they need your product or service. Is it a problem worth solving that people care to pay for? Um, And, you know, what other competitors are out there? You know, what are you competing against and 
why are you going to be different? If I have the choice of five restaurants, why am I going to pick yours? You know, it's still food, even though it might be a little bit different type of food. Um, we're also going to work through the financial projections. So we're going to do market data research, which we have extensive um, databases that we can look at. So we can see in a three, five, 15 mile radius of where you want to be with a brick and mortar. How much do people spend on going out to eat? Um, how much do they spend on alcohol? How much do they spend on other consumables? So we're going to be able to look at that and say, okay, if we think we can get 1% of, you know, 10,000 people in this locality and they spend an average of $1,000 a year on food, we're going to break that down and make that part of your projection so we can, as close as we can, nail that data down. What about um, helping them uh, maybe on marketing ideas or strategies on and areas they can go after if it's either, you know, helping them set up government contracting or at least letting them know are you guys able to help at all? I know you can help in the marketing of, of things like TikTok, but also on maybe different um, revenue streams. Sure. And and just for the record, Tom Stimulus, if you're listening, <laughs> I don't promote TikTok. That just came out of my head. Um, TikTok is not the safest if you're a small business owner. Um, so in answer to your question, yeah, in the area of marketing, we're going to look at and, and ask you to identify who is that target customer that you're trying to reach? What do they look like? What age are they? Are they male or female? Where are you going to reach them? And then we're going to develop a marketing plan that specifically reaches out to them. So it's not a cast a wide net to reach everybody. It's who is that target person that's going to pay for your services? And then if that's a government contractor, um, we do have services. We also have a partner agency um, that their whole expertise is in government contracting. So we can help you on the front end on how to get set up for state or federal contracting, you know, what you need to do and the steps to go through. But then our partner organization, PTAC, um, they're going to put you with a mentor who's going to help you navigate government federal contracting and help you figure out how to reach those prime contractors and how that whole system works because it is a complex system. Yeah, it's, a mess. it's very confusing, <laughs> and, and I mention it partially because you guys have, you in particular, have been trying to help us, and, and we've been trying to navigate it for the last few years, either if it's EVA um, or just some of the government contracting. I know there's, there's a lot of great opportunities for, for small businesses in that uh, space. So um, thank you for helping us on that so far. And I'm sure we're going to keep asking you lots of questions about how to properly win bids from the government. I'm curious if I could ask about the 52% that you said are um, existing already in business. Um, are you finding that those folks are coming back because they've hit a They've hit a growth stall. They've got some new issue. They got a new product they want to get into. Is it a generational, you know, succession time? I'm just curious, mm -hmm. kind of, what those folks tend to come to you for. Sure, um, we have seen an increase in the number of people who want to sell their business. Um, you know, it's been a family business for years, and maybe the kids don't want to take it over and they're not sure how to sell a business. And if that's you out there and you're not sure how to sell a business, please reach out to yeah. us because it is a process and it doesn't happen overnight. Um, so we've seen an increase in that. Um, we have a lot of folks who got a lot of PPP money or idle money. And now that money is, you know, 
running out Mm -hmm. and they've had issues with supply chains and with finding employees and honestly right now we're hearing from a lot of people who are just exhausted small business owners and you know it's been hard to find labor and they're starting to encounter money issues and so we are doing the cash flow projections and we're looking at okay how long are you going to be able to stay in business with this you know are there any costs you can cut um, and we're running different scenarios to say, you know, what does it look like? Yeah, that's unfortunate um, that that's, that's kind of the, the path that we're on right now. Um, is there any stories in that that you can share or any maybe success stories or ways in which, you know, what is the kind of the path of that look like? I know you said talking with you guys, but then does it usually go to a business broker from there? Or is it usually they start to do counseling sessions with you guys or sure. I mean, kind of what is a normal process for that yeah um for somebody who's in trouble or somebody who wants to sell their business somebody that's in trouble and is kind of because i'm unfortunately as the economy is kind of now in that downward spiral i see that a lot of businesses are probably in that exact boat that you just said the ppe money's running out labor is getting a little bit easier to secure the supply chain hasn't changed at all it's still horrible and yet now each week it seems to that sales are starting to decline in a kind of a steady so is there maybe any um Maybe one, reach out to you guys and ask yeah. for, for, you know, where your businesses uh, can maybe, you know, uh, or you guys can help. But is there any guidance on that? One, I would say start seeing where you can maybe cut some uh, costs. But is there any other things that for in general that you could share? Sure. Um, so, you know, we sit down and we look at, you know, one, has your bookkeeping been up to date? So we want to make sure that all your accounting records are as correct as they can be. Um, so that's where we'll start, you know, making sure you've got accurate records. Um, we look at cutting costs. We also look at, you know, we brainstorm. Are there any other ways that, you know, possibly you could work with another vendor and go together to purchase supply chain, you know, to get a, a supply chain items to get a lower cost? You know, are there any other ways that you could possibly work together with somebody else? Um, we look at, is there the possibility of a line of credit or is it too late for that? And then we look at, you know, what, is, what does it look like? You know, you can either cut costs or you bring in more revenue. So are there any other ways that you haven't thought about bringing in revenue? You know, is there a way to diversify? The other thing we really look at is pricing and also what are you really making the money on? So a lot of times people have different priced items or menu items or store items and something you may think is selling really, really well. But then when you really dig down and look at, well, it costs me this much to provide that product or service, the net of that may not be what you think it is. So we really look and evaluate that and go, okay, what truly is bringing you in the most money? Where are you spending the most time and energy? Can you rearrange that and focus on what's bringing you in more money? And or are there other ways to bring in money? And if you can't cut expenses or you can't bring in more money, then we look at, okay, what do you, you know, what's the the time left on your lease? You know, what are your obligations? And based on cash flow projections, how long do you think you can make it? What's the... um What's the team there like, Christine? I know you've got, uh, based on what you're talking about, you're covering a lot of areas of expertise and experience. So I'm, I'm imagining um, the team there is 
people who have been in business, like I think you said that, or have their own, maybe you could just kind of talk about who that, you don't have to give us names, but what those people's skill sets are and why they might be worthwhile to, for someone to give you guys a call. Sure, sure. Um, so we have um, two social media experts, a uh, Google expert, another social media expert who handles you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, we have a, a beverage expert through the state office. So if you own a distillery, a winery, a brewery, um, if you're selling alcohol through your farmer's market, well, we can help you with that and with distribution. And he's just a whiz. Um, we have an international trade um, expert. So if you are looking to possibly sell things in England or Italy, um, we have an expert who can help you with that. Um, we have an ICAP program, which is um, a two-week intensive program, and then they put you with a mentor. If you have an invention or you're creating an app, um, something brand new, um, this is a program that is paid for through the state that you can go through. They'll make sure you have a viable product or service. Um, and then after that intensive two-week um, class together, they'll put you with a mentor in your specific area. So if you're in technology, you'll be with a technology expert. So that's a really neat program. Um, on our local team, we've also got a marketing expert. Um, if you're looking for, you have no idea how to do a marketing plan or marketing strategy, got somebody who can help you with that. We have a finance person. So we actually have two finance folks. So if you don't have any idea what a balance sheet is or a profit and loss statement, please reach out. We're happy to help you. We'll teach you finance. Um, if you're looking to get a loan or grant and you're not sure how to do the financial piece of that, we'll help you with that. And then um, we also have a Hispanic, um, Latino, Spanish-speaking individual so that we can reach um, that demographic as well. Um, we found that we started to have a lot of folks calling and asking, but none of us spoke Spanish. So we wanted to help. We just couldn't. And so that's been a tremendous asset as well. Wow. Are you able to, <clears throat> you had list just quite a lot of different things you're able to, like Josh <laughs> said, that's, that's a long list. Are you able to only use one service at a time or can you, if I needed financial help and marketing help, I can use, it doesn't, there's no limit on the amount of services I can use, correct? That is correct. Um, you can use as many services as you'd like. You can do more than one at a time if you'd like. Um, you know, we try to make sure if somebody comes in that they do meet with each one of our team members um, so that they can get an array of services. And ultimately, it's up to you, you know, how often you want to meet, how much you want to meet, and in what areas. But, yeah, it's all your tax dollars at work, so please take advantage of us. Yeah. i got kind of a two-part question. Um, one is, I don't know if there's such a thing as a typical time frame, but let's say, well, if you can, what would a typical time frame look like from somebody who's their first phone call with you? And this is this is a, a pre-venture type of thing I'm asking mm -hmm. about. Um, what's the time frame from the time they, they can come meet with you until they their business has started, whatever that looks like? And then the next part of that question is, what are a couple characteristics of those types of operations that you have seen that have been successful the ones that actually make it at least beyond the first couple of years what what are they doing that the ones that don't make it are not doing okay great question so 
um, from the time frame from pre-venture to the start of a business on average is about two to three months. And it really depends a lot on the individual. So if you reach out to us, we're going to try and meet with you within a week, a week and a half, depending on your availability. Um, we're going to start the process of working on that business plan with you. We're going to encourage you to reach out to at least three different lenders if you need a loan so that you can compare what they offer, compare rates, and we're going to start working on that plan. What's important to know, if you need a loan, a commercial loan, typically that's going to take anywhere from six to eight weeks to get that loan approved. And here's why. Many times the commercial loan officer you meet with has to take that loan to a committee to vote on, and they only meet certain times, like maybe once every two weeks. If you go to the committee and the, someone on the committee needs something else or has a question, it might be another month before they can meet again to approve your loan. So it really, a lot depends on the individual. I mean, I've had some individuals who work, you know, four days straight and get that business plan done. I mean, they're on it. Um, other people, they're doing other things as well, and maybe it takes them longer to work on the business plan. So on average, um, you can expect about two to three months. Okay. Um, maybe sooner if you don't need a loan. Um, but in addition to that, you know, it's sometimes it's, is it the cart before the egg, so to speak, mm -hmm. in regards to, I need this money, I need to make sure this business will work, and oh, there's a commercial space available. So, you know, when do you do that? So um, a lot of different variables go into it. Um, and I'm sorry, what was your second question? Just what were the characteristics of the businesses that go through yes. the steps you just described? What do you say? What do you think the top I don't know, three, five characteristics are of the ones that, that make it? What, what are they doing that the other guy's not doing? So when you go into business, many times you go into business because you're good at fill in the blank. Maybe you're a good mechanic. You're a good baker. Um and then all of a sudden you're in business and you've got to know all these other things. So I'm a mechanic, but all of a sudden I've got to know bookkeeping. All of a sudden I've got to know social media. All of a sudden I may need to manage an employee. Nobody ever really teaches you those things. So the, the most successful business owners are the people who realize I don't know it all. I can't know it all. And I'm willing to ask questions and surround myself with those people who do know. So, you know, it could be us, it could be, you know, accountants, it could be lawyers, you know, the most successful people surround themselves with other folks who have the skills that they don't, and they ask questions. Um, another successful trait is that you've got to have a lot of energy to be a small business owner. I mean, it is not for the faint of heart. And if you don't have the time and energy to put into it, it it's not going to work. And the third thing I would say is whether you like or hate finance and accounting, you have got to learn it because so many times it'll, it'll just creep up and bite you if you don't keep up with it and if you don't understand it. And unfortunately, in small business, we also see a lot of embezzlement. So mm -hmm. if, you know, you don't have to, you can hire somebody to do your accounting and books for you but you still need to understand it and know it and have checks and balances in place so that you know what's going on with your money. I wasn't expecting that last one, but I <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's again the, uh, well, no, that's the good stuff that you, uh, 
you unfortunately uh, can learn a lot with with uh, owning a small business. Um, <clears throat> on a kind of a, another practical uh, application, maybe we bought some land and we're looking at potentially starting a farm, um, just kind of as a side business, primarily my mother-in-law. But is there a, a first steps that you would recommend, maybe a listener, if they were thinking about starting a business, maybe before they reached out to you, some things that they could start to uh, compile or think about so that they were prepared for a meeting with you or maybe could run through some of these scenarios already? Sure. So depending on the industry, so if you are, let's go with the agriculture, for example, if you were looking to start a farm, I would research that industry and specifically, you know, what part you wanted to do. So if you wanted to have cows or if you wanted to have horses or sheep, I would research as much as I could about that specific area and see, you know, what does it cost to buy cows? You know, what are they selling for? Um, what does the uptake up, you know, the upkeep, um, what's involved, you know, what, what vaccines do you need? Um, what are the vet, vet bills going to cost? So I would try and get as much information as I could about what is it going to cost me to run this business and, you know, what can I, how much money can I make off of it? What can I sell it for? So, um, and then look for resources in that specific area as well. So if you're looking to start a farm, um, farm credit is a great resource. They have people who are experts in agriculture or reach out to the Virginia Tech Extension Office. So know as much about your field or area that you want to get into as you can. Um, we can do research on the general population, but your specific area, you need to really be an expert in that area. And I would reach out to other folks. Um, you know, if you think that, you know, you're apprehensive about reaching out to a competitor in this area, reach out to somebody in another part of Virginia or in West Virginia and just say, hey, I'm thinking about starting this business. What would you say, you know, is the best thing about it? And what would you caution me about? You know, what did you learn when you opened this business? And again, it's always great to have somebody who you can reach out to who's a little bit further ahead in the business that you're in to say, hey, did you ever encounter this? Yeah, no, I think those are great things. And that's why, again, I like to, to lean on you guys a lot of things in business are not necessarily rocket science, but it's just leaning on those different resources and understanding who do you contact when you run into some of these challenges. Do you have you or your team? I'm just this is kind of a weird question, maybe, but do you ever have to fight like personal biases or uh, personal um, impressions of a business idea? And just make sure you're looking at the fact in front of you. In other words, somebody came in and you thought your first thought was, "This guy's nuts. This is never going to work." <laughs> um, because we've all heard those stories, right? Where people were shot down ten times, then by then the next thing you know, they're a billionaire. I'm just curious if, like, do you guys have to talk? And do you talk amongst yourselves as a staff? Like, here's this idea. What do y'all think? I mean, there's some collaboration there to help you get past any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yes, and I'll give you, I'll share with you two examples. So probably five years ago, a gentleman came in to me before axe throwing was a popular thing in this area. It turns out it was popular up north long before it became popular here. And he came in with the idea of, I want to open up a bar and have axe throwing. And my immediate bias was, have you talked to your insurance company about this? You know, beer and axes and you're throwing them and... 
And, you know, it turned out that, you know, that's a, a thing now. And it's very popular up north and expanding. So, you know, we were wrong. So, yeah, it does happen. The other gentleman that um, one of the first people that I met with, he came in and he wanted to work with the larger apartment complexes down in Northern Virginia and Maryland because he wanted to analyze dog poop, for lack of a better word, because the apartment complexes were having an issue with every time the dog would go in the elevator, they would have to sanitize it and clean it out. It was becoming very expensive. So he had the idea and started this kit where now he works with several apartment complexes. If you have a dog, when you move in, you give a sample, they analyze it. If there's an accident in the elevator, one time you're warned, the next time you're kicked out. So they know it's your dog. They know it's your dog. And he is making a killing off of this, you know. And honestly, when he came in and said, I'm going to analyze dog poop, I thought, wow, okay, you know. But I was wrong. So, you know, we do try to keep our biases out of it. And we'll tell people, you know, we'll give you the best advice we can. But you know, we're not we're not Jesus. We're not perfect. Right. Yeah. You know, amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, those are, yeah, those are those are some interesting stories. <laughs> I have many, yeah, but sure. I can't share them. I'm sure, yeah, I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm just maybe thinking of one just in the interest of time, maybe one final tie in to our mission as our as our podcast mission kind of is the healthy team, healthy business thing. So a lot of what you're talking, we, Dave and I have always so far been focusing a lot on the, on the individual actual health of the employee and same things like that. But you're talking about the health of the business. I mean, you're talking about the overall health of the business, the viability of that as a, as a being, do you get the chance to talk to the either current owner or potential owner of the businesses about taking care of themselves as a, as a person, making sure they're take, still remembering that they, you know, maybe have a family and kids, um, you know, a, a body to take care of. And then um, do you also talk to them as they grow to how to make sure they're taking care of their team? Yes. Yes. So I have several clients who meet with me on a regular basis um, every week, every month. And that's one of the things we talk about, you know, how's your work-life balance? Because it is so hard when you're a small business owner, you know, and, when, when I have those calls and I sense they're at the point of exhaustion, like, hey, you need to take the weekend off. You need to do something with your family. You need to rest. So we do talk about that. And we talk about for their employees, you know, that work-life balance and creating a culture where you as the leader or business owner have an environment of you care about the people that work for you. You know, people will stay with you not always because of the money, but because they know that you care, you know, and ultimately that's what it comes down to, you know, do you care about your customers and the people that work for you? Um, we're lucky, you know, where we are, we call it a family team, um, <laughs> you know, and, and there is a work-life balance. And yet, too, you know, we, we do amazing work. And at the same time, my team knows if they needed anything, I would be right there, whether it was a Saturday, Sunday, or midnight, you know, and I think that's very important. And as a business owner, you've got to take care of yourself. It starts at the top and you've got to create a culture where you're encouraging your employees to take care of themselves as well, because ultimately that's going to make them better employees and better people overall. 
pretty yeah. similar. Yeah. Well, we appreciate uh, having you on today, Christine, and uh, thank you for sharing the great resource that we have here in the area and that we have, I guess, as an entire country, I learned today. So <laughs> thank you, and uh, we'll, we'll plug all your, your information as well as how uh, individuals could find their own local uh, small business development centers. So thank you for listening today. Thank you for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks for coming along with us for another episode of the Healthy Team, Healthy Business podcast. We'd love for you to follow us on Instagram at Healthy Team, Healthy Biz. That's B-I-Z. You can also find us on Facebook under the same name. You're welcome to send us a message on either one of those applications, or you can send us an email directly at teamdudes at healthyteamhealthybusiness.net. We'd love to hear your feedback and requests you might have for topics or guests. Please feel free to send them our way. If you would take the time to give us a rating or a feedback on your favorite podcast app, that would also be much appreciated and quite helpful. Thanks again for following along and sharing your passion for health with all of us.